Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is the Rich Dad Stockcast with Andy Tanner, the show that kicks 401ks in the asphalt and teaches you to be the master of your own stock investing domain. And here's your host, Greg Arthur. Welcome to Rich Dad Stockcast with Andy Tanner, who is not me. Andy will be the smart guy you'll hear in a little bit. For this show, we're going to discuss an article that just came out. The article, which will be in the show notes, is called GameStop, Reddit, explaining what is happening in the stock market. The basic story is that stock prices for GameStop, which is a dying company, has skyrocketed. It's uh, nearly 8,000% over six months. So what's going on is that it has become the, the center of a huge power struggle between a major head fund and a group of amateur stock traders on the internet. It's a classic David and Glass story. So basically, this story illustrates the frustration that everyday investors feel Due to being locked out of lucrative opportunities, such as initial public stock offerings, that these giant hedge funds can partake in. So the individual investors are tired of feeling that the game is stacked against them. And, well, I guess we'll ask Andy to explain the story and the strategies the little guys are using and the strategies the giant hedge fund is using. But personally, what makes it strange to me is it feels like not just David and Goliath, but socialist versus capital power struggle. And I find myself rooting against the capitalists, which I'm very uncomfortable with because uh, generally I'm not big on socialism. But it can also be seen as the elites versus the peasants struggle. And obviously, I'm going to root for the peasants. So what I'm curious about is, Andy, are the rules really unfair or are the little investors just crybabies? I'm totally baffled. And Andy, coming to the show, I desperately need your help. They're all crybabies. I don't, well, I don't like being a socialist, man. The hedge fund people are crybabies. Everyone's a crybaby. So I'm I'm a capitalist at heart. And I don't really look at it. Uh, I look at it through a little different lens, Greg. I don't look at it for capitalist versus socialist as far as people. I just look at it as ideas. For example, I think it's wrong or misleading to say, well, the rich guys are capitalists and the poor people are socialists. That's not true. What about the um, entrepreneurs versus the 
How about just the idea, right? Uh, let, let's talk about like it's kind. Of, it is a war. Let's settle on that and begin with this idea. It is a war, but in order to understand this battle, it takes a little financial education. Which no, that's, here we go, baby. You know, so buckle up. So the the first thing to understand what's happening with GameStop and Re and the people and the hedge funds and the Reddit. And also, this is going to happen with other stocks, but it it won't it won't be a trend. It won't be something that sticks because as this plays out, people are going to see that that you know that you have to be a pretty big fool to to risk and do the crazy thing. If you're involved in this fight at all, be very very careful. Be very you, careful. You know, you nailed it. It's it's going on with um, Blockbuster and a few others that are Blockbusters already, but like Black Blackberry, I think it is, and there's a few. Well, let's just let's just start. Should we just start? Let's just talk about it. Okay. So to understand what's going on with, with GameStop and what will happen with a few of these others, but not to the same degree probably, is you got to understand what a short position is. And very, 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 very few people understand what it means to take a short position. In my classes, we spend an inordinate amount of time on it because it's such an important thing. And in fact, we have four different sections in, in one of my courses just on different ways to short different things. And, and so let's start there with a little education. And if people really want to understand it, they'll tune in. If they don't, I guess they won't. But uh, let's get a little detailed and wonky. When I take a short position, there's four steps. First, I borrow something that I think is going to go down in value. It could be a cup of sugar. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be a share of stock. It, it could even be a dollar. You didn't buy it, though. No, I didn't buy it. I borrow it. When you go to the bank to borrow money, you're borrowing. You're not buying. And in essence, that's how every short position begins. So don't think of a short position as just something that you make money with when something goes down, even though you will. It's more important specifically for this conversation to understand that something was borrowed. And so let's say that I borrow a share of GameStop at 10, you know, and, and the stock happens to be trading that day at $10. This is very important. So I borrow, let's just do one share, shall we? Keep it simple. Please. I borrow one share of GameStop, and now I have that share. And I look at the market, and I have this share that I have now. Notice, I don't hold the share in my hand because I bought it. I hold the share in my hand because I wow. borrowed it. I mean, think about this. If you get a paycheck, this is money that you own, right? And you hold it in your hand when you cash the paycheck. When you borrow money from a bank, they write you a check and put it in a checking account. And you hold that money in your hand. So you can hold money in your hand by earning it and owning the money or by borrowing it and holding the money, right? Well, I could do the same thing with a share of stock. I could buy the share and hold it in my hand, or I could go to the brokerage and say, I'd like to borrow a share, please, and hold it in my hand. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said who you borrowed it from because I, I didn't have a clue. So you borrowed well, it from your brokerage. Yeah, and the and, and if you talk about you know cash, well, oh. where does the bank get the cash from? From savings deposits. And they take those savings deposits and loan them out to people. Well, brokerages can do the same thing with stock. People have stock in account. They have a certain number of shares. And we have this thing called easy to borrow or no shares to borrow, right? 
Yeah, I can borrow stocks. So let's say I go out and I borrow a share of GameStop and the price is $10. So I hold this in my hand. I have my little share and I'm watching the market go up down. I think, hmm, you know, it's $10. Why don't I sell this stock that I borrowed at 10 bucks and take the $10? So now I still owe the brokerage a share. I just sold it. Very much like a house. You know, you, you borrow a, a dollar and you buy a house with it, right? Well, you still owe the brokerage money, or you still owe the, the bank money. You just don't have the money anymore. Right, right. Uh, you have a house. And the bank says, that's all right. The house is collateral. We'll trust you to do that. So in the case of stock, I borrow this share, and I sell it on the market at 10 bucks. And let's say uh, it goes down to 5 Now I can buy, the, now I have $10 in my hand. I buy the share back at 5 and I give the brokerage back their stock, I just made five bucks. Gotcha, okay, that makes sense. So, so that's a short position. Now here's the, the caveat. The brokerage is not gonna let you borrow shares unless they feel very confident that you could pay it back. A bank will not loan you money unless they feel confident you could pay it back. Right. So there needs to be some collateral. Well, in the case of borrowing cash, the collateral is a house. In the case of borrowing stock, the collateral would be cash. So in order to short that, that stock, let's say the stock didn't fall. Let's say I sold my stock at 10 bucks. I owe the brokerage one share. What if it goes to $20, Greg? Ooh, then you just, you lost $10 out of your own pocket. So the brokerage is gonna call me up and they say, Andy, there's something called a margin requirement that says you have to keep a certain amount of money in your account here to make sure that you could buy that stock and give it back to us because we don't want to lose the stock. We don't want to lose money. We can't afford to do that. So we're going to give you a margin requirement. And if all of a sudden that stock goes to $20 and the bank looks at me, because remember, I sold it for 10. They say, Andy, either you know, you've got to put more money in your account right now to make us feel that you can you can do this, or we'll just close this position at 20 right now. And take your and money. So, and so that puts me in a tough spot. I either have to make a deposit, you know, put a bunch more money in there, or I have to close my position at the loss. Now, here's what's cool. Well, could be uncool. Um, if I don't have enough money to keep that margin cushion in there, they just I, I they would sell that stock, take twenty dollars out of my account, buy that stock back, take the stock, and I'd lose my twenty. And there's nothing I could do about it. The brokerage right. would it'd be like foreclosing on a house, right? If you didn't right. pay, if you don't pay your payment, what are they going to do? They're going to take the collateral. I had that done in stock, and they don't even talk to you; they just take it. They just take it. Yep, and it's called well, they will talk to you. Uh, it's called a margin call. And they'll talk to you for like one second. <laughs> and they'll say, put this in right now or else. Well, that's an ultimatum, isn't it? And so let's say that a person didn't have enough money to do that. Now they're in what's a very tight spot, right? You might use the word, it's a tight spot, or we call this a short squeeze. They're feeling it. They're uh, feeling it. Okay. So when you're in a short squeeze, that means that the price of the stock you've shorted is going up. The collateral of cash you have that gives you the ability to, to pay back is becoming less and less sufficient to do that. 
And the brokerage is saying, look, you're either going to write a check to us right now, or we're going to take what money we have and liquidate this position and, and you're done. Well, what's funny is, is what's happened to some hedge funds is they'll say, well, it can't stay up forever. This is temporary. And so they might put $20 in or 40 or 50 or 100. And it goes up even higher if they can keep it going. So it's really who has the deeper pockets at this point. Can you keep putting collateral in there as it goes higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, waiting for it to go back down? Or at some point, do you run out of money or run out of backbone or run out of, you know, chutzpah? And you say, you know, what? I'm just going to take the hit. And so as this climbed, these idiot hedge funds, they, 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 in my opinion, they deserve to lose every dime they have. People are going to say, well, this is unfair. No, it isn't. It's capitalism. Look, I'm a capitalist. And if you have long-term capital management start to fail or Bear Stearns fail, or Lehman Brothers fail, and you decide to bail them out, that's a socialist move. Why are we bailing out these banks? Well, they're too big to fail. Too many people in the community would be hurt. Well, that's communism. So, you know, I'm a capitalist and I say if a big, rich, freaking hedge fund, if they, if the moment they accept the bailout, they're no longer capitalists because capitalism is about risk and failure and screwing up and having to pay the capital when you lose as much as make the capital when you win. And so if you're leveraged out and you're screwing around and you call yourself a hedge fund without a hedge position, well, you're going to lose your money. You know, it's actually the, these, these guys are capitalists. They're saying, Hey, it's, it's a supply and demand for this stock. We want it because we know you have all these short positions. And Greg, the reason this is making a big deal is because it seems like the David and Goliath a little bit, but in reality, short squeezes are not new. Let me tell you, is this interesting to you, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I, so I get what the, the giants, in, in, my, in my analogy, the Goliaths are doing. So I get how they keep getting higher and higher. David's going to die too, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. This, is, there, this is called the greater fool theory. And there's a lot of fools on Robin Hood right now, a lot of fools. Robin Hood's going to have to stop this, not to protect the the giants, but protect their own people. But Robin Hood uh, being the, the trading Yeah, the guy yeah. who buys this at 500 a share, right? The guy who buys this at 500 a share, and I mean, who knows where it's going to go. But if you buy it at the top of the market, the only thing that can make that stock go higher is if someone's willing to buy it after you. So at some point to maintain these crazy prices, people have to keep buying and trading and feeling it's that valuable. Well, eventually, there's only so many people on Reddit too, right? And so they'll begin to cannibalize each other, in my opinion, because most of those people are buying it like amateurs do. Oh, the stock price is going up. There's an opportunity here. Uh, GameStop has among the worst fundamentals. There's a reason they were the most heavily short, one of the most heavily shorted companies out there. About three years ago, I did a class on fundamental analysis in my four pillars, and I ran a search to find criteria of crappy companies. And GameStop came up top of the list. Sure. And so I used it for an example. I said, GameStop is an example of a company that is struggling. They had a decent cash position, but they were bleeding cash. Because look, they're a lot like Blockbuster Video. Uh, games, I mean, someday they had a big boost 
when the Sony uh, PlayStation decided to do one more round of PlayStations that actually had a place to put a DVD in it. And GameStop was sweating. They're like, if game, if they stop putting it, like my Apple computer no longer has a place for a DVD because everything's downloaded. And the day that that the, the, the Xbox and the Sony PlayStation no longer create that slot for that DVD, they're kind of like blockbuster video. So they either have to innovate in a hurry and figure something out or they're going to wind up with black blockbuster. They're losing money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, coronavirus helped them because people are home doing video games. So coronavirus helped them a little bit, but they really are going to have to fundamentally change their business to survive. So obviously it was like a no brainer short. And that's why the short interest in it was massive. So many people. And I show, I, what I did is I didn't short it about, Oh, it's probably been, I want to say maybe two years ago or 18 months ago, I bought puts. And see, the reason I bought puts is when you short a stock, you have an infinite potential for loss. But because I bought a put option, I still have a choice on whether I want to sell it or not. So if I change my mind, my maximum risk is premium paid. So it costs a little, you know, it's, it's a little different. The term short comes from the period of time you're usually in a position like this. And so if you're going to be in a, in a, in the, position for you know a small amount of time to me it's worth buying the put option because now i have limited risk but what these hedge funds did is they took the short position where you know they were going to be perpetually short hoping it would go bankrupt someday well you have infinite risk to the upside and you know it could be a thousand dollars a share tomorrow depending on how many people want to buy it so the problem the reddit guys have now is okay great we've bought these shares We've pumped them up to hundreds of dollars, you know, more than what they really should be worth. Okay, what are you going to do with those shares now? And who are you expecting to buy them now to keep that share price growing? If you bought it at three fifty or five hundred or whatever, who's going to take it to a thousand? How many Reddit people are going to be a greater fool to try to pull that off? And uh, that's why they'll cannibalize each other. So there's going to be a few people that make a million bucks here. But there's going to be a lot of people that lose a million bucks too. So my understanding is the Reddit people are doing this on purpose. Yeah, it's like a game of chicken. Like who's gonna who's gonna sell first? It is the mutual or the hedge fund or the Reddit community. Yeah, right? it's really who has the deeper pockets. If the Reddit community thinks that they can keep driving this price up, forcing margin calls on those hedge funds, well, as long as they keep having money to put into it. That puts the short squeeze on those hedge funds. If the hedge funds have deeper pockets, well, they can just keep making deposits until those guys run out of money. To And right now, the Reddit people won. They had more money in their collective group than the hedge funds have. And the Fed funds had to tap out, say, uncle, take it in the shorts or however you want to say it. But now you got a problem. If you're a Reddit guy, okay, great. Who's going to buy this crappy GameStop company at $500 a share for you? Who's going to pay six, seven? $800 a share for this from Wall Street. Once the Reddit people have got all their money in, who else is going to buy it now? And they'll say, oh, whoops. So they'll start selling and this will sell off, in my opinion, pretty much as fast as it went up. Oh my God. So both sides lose. Yeah. Well, some will win. If, you're the, if you can time it perfect and you're the guy that sold high and the greater fool bought it at that high price, it's going to be whoever gets suckered in at the high price last is going to be the big loser. 
It's down 44.29% today. Yeah, it, it, it had a range today. I'll tell you where it is. The range on this today was $370. It had a high of 483 and a low of 112, and it closed at 193. So you have a range of $370 in a single day on a stock that last April was trading at about, you know, two bucks there. So, you know, I, I made my money in GameStop a long time ago with put options about a year ago. And, and the reason I quit trading is once it got down to about two, three dollars, well, my upside now is two bucks to bankruptcy and that can take a long time. And my downside would be infinity if I short it. And the hedge funds really can't buy options now because the options are so expensive you know, on GameStop. I mean, if I look at an option to, if I want to protect this, this is ridiculous. If I just want to protect this till the 21st of February, and let's say I want to protect it at, you know, 250, let's just call it that, a put option is $107. So you're not quite half, you're more than a third. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's a fool's trade. Let me just say this. I don't give advice. You do it. You know, everyone can do what they want with this. But let me kind of shift from the, the small picture of the logistics of it all. We can get back to that and give you a big picture concept. Look, when you buy stock, what are you buying? You're buying a share of a company. It should be a company that you believe in. It should be a company that you're proud of. And it should be a company that, you know, hopefully will pay a dividend and that you believe can grow like Warren Buffett does. And those companies not, might not be the most exciting companies. They sell things like ketchup and paper towels and paper clips and, you know, cars, right? They sell, you know, financial services, right? They're just basic companies, but that's the smart thing to do is to own a company. These guys aren't interested in owning GameStop and being an owner of the company. All they're trying to do is buy it low and sell it high and time it right, which is a fool's errand. It's just silly to do. You know, there'll be some people that made money on it. It'll make them look like geniuses. But the danger here, the danger here is greed. And greed is the fear of missing out on a perceived opportunity. And so the reason this is going so big is people think there's somewhere, same as Bitcoin when it goes crazy. Well, there's there's got to be an opportunity. Look at this. It's exciting. It's moving. Oh, things are moving. God, and, oh, I got to get it. And they're so afraid of not capitalizing on this that they start, you know, being stupid and they start doing stupid stuff. You know, I looked at this and you know, what I wanted to do when it got in the 200s was buy puts again because I bought puts, you know, a year ago. It was probably like in the teens or something. I don't remember what it was. It was probably like 10 bucks or 12 bucks and I shorted it. You know, I, I took a put to sell at 10 and, you know, it goes to five. I make five bucks, right? Great. But once it got down in the $2 range, I was kind of done with it and said, this thing's either going to die or recover, but there's just not much there anymore. We've squoze and everything out of this we can. But when I looked at it and I saw the put, the premiums for these are just, just way too expensive. And the reason is, think about it. What is premium? It's what you're paying for risk. So if the premiums are off the chart, out of sight, you know, a third of the price of the stock, half the price of the stock, that tells you the risk involved is profound. So let me tell you a little story. This is not the first time this has happened. There was a company called Herbalife. They sold supplements, you know, 
vitamins and stuff. And they were one of those network marketing multi-level pyramid companies. Yeah, I remember them. And there was a guy named Bill Ackman, who was a hedge fund manager, very, very well known, who thought that they were a Ponzi scheme, thought they were violating a lot of SEC stuff, thought that they were a bad business. And so he took a massive short position. And what he tried to do is, you know, basically tried to, with the size of that position, with the how much he talk about it, he was trying to get you know, those guys in trouble. And the SEC came in and said, all right, well, if there's smoke, there's fire, you know, and, and they actually said, you know what, this company's actually running legitimate. We found a couple of things they violated. We'll have them pay a fine, like, you know, Google and Apple and everybody else the SEC looks at. And, uh, and, and so Ackman's going to lose his money if they don't fall. So Ackman's got this anti-Herbalife campaign going, you know, they're Ponzi, they're Pyramid, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to short... And so Carl Icahn kind of got pissed off at it. And so if, if you know, this is Goliath versus Goliath, I guess, he got pissed at him and he had deep pockets. So Carl Icahn said, I'm going to start buying Herbalife. And, you know, and up goes the stock price because Carl's buying on a regular basis, right? Carl's buying, Carl's buying. And so now Bill Ackerman is going to have the brokerages say, you want to stick with this position? If so, dump your money in. And so Bill Ackerman says, okay, I'll dump my money. And Carl's like, okay, I'm going to keep buying. And Carl Icahn put the short squeeze on Bill Ackerman, right? It's a great story. It's fairly recent. There's even a documentary on it you can see on Netflix if you understand short squeezes better. And uh, it's just a game that happens in the stock market. So the only difference here is instead of a big guy like Carl Icahn thinking, I got bigger pockets than you, Bill, I'm going to put the short squeeze on you and make you suffer. You have a bunch of people who hate the 1%, who hate the rich, who, who think being wealthy is a bad thing. And truthfully, short, taking a short position, you know, I, had a, I always argue with John McGregor on this type of stuff. I see nothing wrong as a capitalist on taking a short position. I bought puts. I didn't take a short position uh, in my personal account, but I bought puts on GameStop a year ago because I'm like, look. I'm a capitalist, blockbuster video. If you don't see Netflix coming, I'm going to short your stock, right? If you're that dumb, you know, and, and it's my responsibility to hedge that position. So I don't have any heart or bad feelings or good feelings towards those hedge funds because if you take a short position, you have infinite risk and short positions are supposed to be a short duration, hence the term. All you had to do is buy a call to protect themselves. All they had to do is put in good stops. They had so much to stop would have been tough. But you'd, you never, ever, ever get in a position without a plan to get out for whatever reason. Look, you could take a short position in GameStop, and GameStop could merge with another company because they have a good name, GameStop. They could get bought out by Apple or something. Their stock price would go through the roof if that happened. They could cut, hire a new CEO that all of a sudden has a new idea to save that company and innovate quickly, their stock could go through the roof. So these hedge funds should have been prepared for stuff like that anyway. And if you've seen Bill Ackman and Carl Icahn go at it and, and short squeezes happen all the time, if you're running a hedge fund and you have a massive short position and you're not ready to play defense against a bunch of nobody, uneducated, uninitiated, Robin Hood, Reddit people, and you're going to let them take you down, you freaking deserve it. 
as a capitalist, take your freaking medicine and lose your money because they're free to buy any stock they want, go long or short anytime they want, even though they're uneducated. It's not that tough to hedge these, but it does cost money to hedge them. They were greedy. They got beat. They lost their money. I think they deserve to do it. And now the there'll be a few winners that get lucky, uh, but there's going to be a lot of Reddit people that lose because the Johnny Come Lately's, I mean, it hurts to have. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this because when you have a range of you know $370 in one day on a stock, there were a lot of people that got their butt kicked intraday today. There's a lot of pain with those people today from yesterday. And the Johnny come lately's from yesterday that said, oh, yeah, this went from, you know, what, $14 on the 13th of January up to, you know, $347 on the 27th of January. This is awesome. They got their buff kicks today. So we'll see if we can have a big candle like this. But the Reddit people, they don't have endless pockets either. And their ability to keep driving this up just to stick it to the man, it's really unfortunate that there's a narrative of socialism versus capitalism and David Worth Goliath here because David's going to get his ass kicked uh, eventually in this. There'll be a few winners, but anyone that's buying a stock with these types of fundamentals at, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars a share, they're not true investors. You know, that's just my opinion. People can disagree. But it's all about, on both sides, a lack of education by the head fund managers by not hedging, hence the term, and a, a huge lack of education on the Robinhood people and the edit Reddit people. It might seem like a victory to them, but you know, now that the hedge funds pretty much got cleaned out yesterday, okay, now who's going to buy this stock to support that price for these you know, heroes that went out and tried to bring them down? There's a lot of pain in the market today. Well, my, my hope is that, sure, the, the Goliath did get punished or hurt, however you want to word that. I guess yeah. it's for their lack of education. And my hope is there are so many Davids that they spread out the pain and, like, they only each had one stock. And, and then maybe it's worth losing $800 just to punish the 1%. Yeah, someone won. Maybe someone won. No question. There were winners. Whoever sold the top definitely won. So there were some winners. Boy, for people that, I mean, you can't, I don't even know if you can short this stock right now. It, oh, right now you can short it. There's a little signal that says, you know, ETB stands for easy to borrow. And so the short interest will get so big that it'll say, you know, none to borrow, NTB, no shares to borrow. Right now it's ETB, it's easy to borrow. I would not touch this with a 10-foot pole right now. Thanks. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy a basic company that, you know, sells like, you know, household cleaner and pays me a little wimpy dividend. I'm going to sell my covered calls on it. And I'm just going to keep doing what I do. This stuff has no appeal to me. And I just caution people again, when there's a lot of hype and a lot of movement, people making money and losing money, there's this sense in people's like, how do I capitalize? How do I cap? That is greed that you're feeling. And if you want to hop into the fray, great. But be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful. It goes back to emotion versus education. Yeah, I would just say that from a fundamental standpoint, GameStop is not, uh, it doesn't fit my criteria to own it. I wouldn't buy it at $1 just because it's cheap and hope something like this happens. Um, it's just not sound investing, in my opinion. I want to buy a good, strong, fundamental stock 
that serves the public well, that I believe in. You know, I love Coca-Cola. Uh, they have great drinks. Dasani water is awesome. Sprite is freaking killer. And they just have great products. I, I love, you know, companies that serve the people and, and give quality products for a quality price. And you know, I love Apple. Um, I love my Apple computers. I love Apple Pay and the convenience of it. Uh, I love being an owner of Apple and I'll get my dividend. And, you know, I don't worry so much about the stock price. I like to sell my covered calls way out. You know, sometimes it, it runs on me and I got to buy some back and, you know, or buy more shares to cover it. But I'm okay with doing that. I'm happy with how I invest. This type of stuff with GameStop, just, just it's a great opportunity for people to understand the big picture of emotion and just say, okay, I understand what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like there's something I might, I'm losing out. I'm losing out. That's greed. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. I don't know if there'll be any legal action towards the Reddit people or towards the hedge fund people. It's a free market. I think you should be able to do this. If you're dumb enough, if you're a hedge fund and you're dumb enough uh, not to understand you could be a victim of a short squeeze, you probably shouldn't have started a hedge fund and taken people's money. So I think, great, clean those guys out. You know, I've heard people say, well, yeah, it's about time these guys. Like I heard someone say, yeah, Goldman Sachs ruins companies by shorting them. No, you don't. Go short McDonald's right now. Short all their shares in the world right now. That doesn't stop them from making hamburgers and turning a profit or not. Might affect the share price, but you can't destroy that company by shorting their stock, right? They're still, you know, if they're smart, they're independent of that. So anyway, that's I, I get. I know I talked a lot. Hopefully, people got some education out of it. Okay, I understand shorts a little better. I borrowed stocks, sold it. If it goes up, I'm in trouble. It goes down, I can buy it back cheaper. Keep the difference, right? Pretty simple. But if people want to know, they can email me. Where I got classes on this. If you want to take a class on it and really understand it, we spend an inordinate amount of time on shorting because I have short positions on the U.S. dollar via real estate. I borrowed money. Well, I could be in a short squeeze then too, right? The real any real estate investor see how bad stock is, how smart real estate is. Uh, if you borrowed one dollar to fund your real estate, you're in a short position on the dollar, and you are vulnerable to a short squeeze. It does not have anything to do with stock or real estate. It has to do with how you position yourself. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. You, you definitely changed my mind. Um, I was kind of rooting for the the peasants taking out the elites, but it turns out. Uh, Probably everybody's losing. So, you know, to me, what it really isn't about big versus everyone loves the David Goliath story. That's why that story in the Bible's lasted 2,000 years. Everybody loves to see the big guy drop and the young, you know, Hoosiers, right? Let's take the small school with eight players and take down the big guys in Indianapolis. But the reality of it is, is it's not people. Capitalism is an idea of giving better products at lower prices. That's what it is. If you're a capitalist, your goal is to serve the people better than anyone else can and do it cheaper. To me, that's the core of capitalism. I need to say, how do I give value to my fellow man? How do I do it at a lower price than my competitors? And if so, I'm going to be rewarded financially for helping make the world a better place. Um, the idea that capitalism is about being rich or poor or big or small, that's silly. Uh, the smallest guy, my my little boys and their lemonade stand had a better quality product 
okay, at a fair price. It wasn't lower than country time because the quality was higher. But they earned, they learned to earn money by giving someone something that they absolutely loved to buy. And so when they put out a, a an ad on Facebook saying, hey, we're going to be open sa- Saturday, they had a line all the way down the block because of the quality of the product and the fair price they gave it to. That's capitalism. This GameStop crap, Dave and Glock, no, they're, they're all in the same boat I am. The hedge funds didn't manage risk properly. If you don't know what a freaking short squeeze is, what do you run a hedge fund for? Come on. You ever any moron knows that a short position has infinite risk, and it didn't have to be a short squeeze. It could have been anything. And the the dummies in the Robin Hood, they're just reading something on Reddit, and they're getting caught up in this. Yeah, let's stick it to the man. A lot of those people hurt themselves very, 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 very seriously. If you got rich and will you know retire, and but it's a handful uh, compared. This is bad investing. This is bad. But free markets allow bad things to happen from time to time. It's the socialists that will come and say, we've got to stop this from happening. I disagree. If you don't know what you're doing, you know, let the market play out. It'll settle down. It'll find its equilibrium. The value, look, it's going to come down to this. Can GameStop turn it around and give value to the community? If technology gets to the point where everyone's downloading games and they know they're like blockbuster video, the answer to that question is going to be no. So GameStop's job as a capitalist is to attract my investment dollar by giving a better quality product, a better price, and innovating. And if you fail to do that, you're going to lose. And that's the game of capitalism. So there you go. All right, Andy, we're going to close this up. That's a long one. Sorry. I don't know. I know. The, uh, the article that, that this is about is in our show notes. Um, and I, I challenge you guys to read it, especially after hearing Andy's opinions of that and, and his education. I'm going to reread it. And also, if you want some of Andy's free courses, they are also in the show notes. So thanks awesome. everyone for listening. And we'll we'll get Andy some, what is that, Xanax or something? And, and we'll come back. <laughs> it's fun. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I've, my phone's been blowing up, as you can imagine, by everyone, you know, texts. And I mean, I if I see one more person uh, send me a, a stock chart, a screen capture stock, you know, GameStop's chart, I, I just want to text back. Go, you don't think you don't think I'm aware? You know, you think, you know, thanks for letting me know. But uh, it's a fun time for sure. All right. Thanks again, Andy. See you. All right, bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.